Welcome to Managing Projects, the podcast for project managers in search of trends and insights. Join us as our guests dig deep into the thought-provoking topics that matter most to project management professionals. You can find all the episodes at managingprojects.ca. And now, here's your host, Ron Smith. Welcome to episode number two. Today's guest is Hans Ekman. Hans will be presenting at Project World in Moncton, New Brunswick on November 27th. His topics at the conference are, if you can believe this one, can the zombie apocalypse help you survive your projects and becoming the best version of you? Hi, Hans. Welcome to the show. Hi, Ron. Thanks for having me today. I'm honored. Oh, glad to have you. So I know you're with Blueprint Software Systems right now. Uh, would you take a few minutes and just tell us what your focus is with them? Absolutely. So Blueprint Software is one of the uh, largest and most robust requirements management platforms available to large corporations. I'm actually part of their professional services division, so I'm helping them and their clients with the business transformation and org change management that needs to happen when you're moving from project-based requirements to actually managing requirements as an asset throughout your enterprise. So those requirements that you're creating won't die when a project is finished, but they'll somewhat live on or, or potentially breed into other projects, more of a corporate view? Absolutely. Yeah. So we're all used to the kind of one one and done uh, approaches to projects. But when you can start managing that information as an asset at the smallest level, you reduce the amount of startup time for each project. You reduce the number of errors uh, and missed requirements. You have the ability to trace and automate your testing because of it. But longer term, that information actually has extreme value. So you can identify the impact of changes across your enterprise a lot faster, reduce your audit and compliance risk, and uh, identify new opportunities that you might miss if you didn't have that uh, world view of the enterprise. Well, that's really interesting. What kind of trends are you seeing? Um, well, for a lot of companies, the big struggle has been, how do I get my stuff faster and better? And that's what's been behind one of the largest pushes for Agile is looking at team-based and looking at smaller iterative projects. But there's nothing that prevents those same principles from being applied even in waterfall projects. So the big train change I'm seeing is some organizations are really embracing the fact that the understanding of their enterprise operations is as vital as the services themselves. And they're starting to uh, invest a lot more heavily in both the people, processes, and technology around that area. It's quite interesting, though, to look at it from a requirement standpoint. Like every organization that I'm working with, they're adopting these enterprise architecture groups and, and the projects need to be interfacing with them. But that's, that's an interesting view to take a corporate view of how these requirements are being traced. So when you're not doing that type of work with these companies, uh, I hear you're chasing zombies. <laughs> <laughs> a little bit. Uh, and uh, hopefully it, it'll remain just in theory and not in practice. Uh, but absolutely. Um, one of the... Uh, opportunities I've had is to uh, present at conferences across the United States and Canada, and, and the, the topic you're alluding to has been one of the most popular one presentations I've given, which is how you can survive your projects uh, 
by preparing for a zombie apocalypse. Basically following, if you can be ready for the worst case scenario, you should be ready for anything. And showing how some of the skills, techniques, and approaches in disaster response and disaster preparedness actually perfectly mirror our project life cycles. And if we can use those daily examples, we can actually strengthen our skills and ability and take those back into the workplace and perform better there as well. I love the analogy because, you know, we've all been on those troubled projects that it, it seems like an apocalypse. I love that you picked that as the analogy. Oh, it's a very creative way to say it. Now, how did you ever come up with uh, with that as a title? <laughs> Um, it actually started, uh, Bob Prentice and I uh, were at a Building Business Capabilities Conference one year, and like any other conference when you're meeting and, and hanging out with people, you start sharing some of your war stories. And one of the common themes that, that we've seen over the years is we tend to learn more and develop better our skills faster in the most impossible projects, impossible departments and possible clients we've ever worked for. And somehow throughout the evening that uh, conversations shifted over to zombies and what would happen if you were trying to apply those same principles to a zombie apocalypse. So Bob kind of threw down the gauntlet and challenged me to come up with a presentation that could tie the two together. And to not be outdone after I had succeeded doing that, I threw the gauntlet back at him. So sometime coming in 2018, Bob will be presenting B.A. the Musical. Say that one again, B.A. the what? The Musical. So it'll be uh. Business Analysis <laughs> the Musical with original songs and lyrics uh, by uh, Bob Prentice. Uh, he has about half of it written and is refining it and moving forward. So we can look forward to that on the conference circuit next year. Oh, man. Can the guy sing? <laughs> um, he is actually an unbelievable singer and entertainer. Uh, his keynote presentations are usually about a, a quarter to a third of it is him breaking into song. Uh, he was a, uh, a one of the lead members of the Minneapolis uh, uh, Chorus. Uh, and just a phenomenal singer and entertainer. Unfortunately, I have absolutely no skills in either of those departments, so I have to uh, rely on much more uh, information-based value rather than the uh, the pure entertainment. Well, I tell you, I was doing a little bit of research on uh, on your talk with this, the the zombie apocalypse and found some of your some of your resources. And and uh, I tell you, I want to go home and start stocking the cans of food just. To- <laughs> just to make sure I'm ready. I've been an Audible member for a long time. I'm taking a short break from the interview to let you know how you can support the podcast. Today's episode is brought to you by Audible. This has been a tool I've used to catapult my learning. This week I'm recommending The Five Dysfunctions of a Team by Patrick Lencioni. You can download this week's recommendation or pick another audiobook for free and support this podcast at the same time by visiting managingprojects.ca forward slash audible. Now back to the interview. So that, that's one of the topics you'll be giving. And then the other one, uh, we're finishing up the conference, is becoming the best version of you. And uh, maybe, maybe just spend a minute and, and tell us a, a few things about about that? 
Absolutely. Yeah, I've had the honor of uh, being able to do quite a few keynote presentations this year and we'll be excited to uh, attend in the Moncton conference. Uh, it'll be my first time uh, participating in that event. Uh, and so the, the heart of the conference it came from a realization that most people don't realize not only what they're good at and what their superpowers are, but they don't necessarily see those superpowers as something that sets them apart in a positive way and area that they should be focusing in on. A lot of our professional development, we end up looking for gaps, looking for errors, looking for mistakes and trying to fill that, but we can actually be a lot more productive if we focus in on our core value and look for more opportunities where we can be our best person, we can do our superpowers, because that's really what sets us apart. So in the keynote, I, I try and help people uh, with some tips of finding out what their superpowers might be as opposed to just general skills that everyone can do, and then develop out some techniques and approaches to help people harness that energy and be more successful in their personal and professional lives. What do you think the main reason is that people don't try to identify their superpowers and perhaps try to go to try and go and chase those? What, what, what have your observations been? I think we've got a, a trap that is common across all uh, all businesses and, and, and employment areas, which is we tend to focus in on the, the base skills and activities that are required for a job. So we look at any position, any level in the organization, and we focus in on here's all the things you would be doing, and that tends to slant our approach to fill out those jobs uh, as equally as possible across the different activities, the different skills. And there's really nothing in the hiring process or in a lot of staff and development processes within an organization that really focuses in on your unique talents and uh, why those are important to the organization. We see the same problem with uh, product marketing as well. Uh, Seth Godin had a, a great book, uh, The Purple Cow, and uh, another gentleman, I forget his name offhand, uh, wrote an excellent book, Market of One, which were which are specifically targeting the same problem with businesses. A lot of companies try and compete by saying, we do all these things better or cheaper or faster than our competitors, instead of finding what it is that they do that makes them unique. Perfect example would be Apple. Apple has, does not create new products. They don't create disruptive products. Instead, they find a need that and find a way of making it so much better than anyone else can do it, more user-friendly, more intuitive, just a better overall experience. And that's been their key to success. And as individuals, we need to kind of take that same approach. What are the things that we do well that nobody else is doing as well? Because that's what's going to set us apart. That's what's going to set us up for advancement and future opportunities. So you see this as uh, personal enrichment or corporate focusing, like, because you, you could take that approach corporately. Uh, but is your presentation more on the person itself? Um, yeah, my, uh, my focus is on on the person. Um, eventually, this will probably could turn into corporate workshops or other activities. But at the moment, it's helping people understand um, what makes them special. And that being special and being different is a good thing. They should stop trying to hide it. Now, hopefully some of those people, especially as they move into 
leadership or management positions will turn around and start looking for those special skills, looking for those opportunities within their team. And then that's how it can spread throughout the enterprise. But at the moment, my focus is much more on the individual than the uh, than a than a team or corporate environment. So Hans, I think you're becoming one of the veterans, from what I can tell on the on the circuit for Project World. And you've spoken uh, a few times now, Tell us a little bit about your speaking engagements. Where, where do you go? Is it across North America or have you, have you left the continent or, or what's, what's your focus here on some of your speaking engagements? Uh, so far, it's been largely the United States and Canada. Um, not that I wouldn't love to be able to present in some other countries. I uh, just haven't been able to work out the logistics yet. I had an invite to go to speak in London, but we were never able to find a, a time or a way to make that happen. So definitely uh, enjoy focusing in on North America. Would love to spread out. Um, and primarily uh, speaking on project management, business analysis, leadership, and then also some on uh, soft skills and other personal development areas. Oh, well, you know what? I am excited to see you here in a couple of weeks. What's the best way for people to get a hold of you or do you have a web page or an email address that you'd like to share? Absolutely. So yeah, I love connecting with people, love staying in touch. Um, all of the all of the articles I write, all of the presentations um, that I do are available on my website, which is ekmanguides.com. That's E-C-K-M-A-N uh, guides.com. And, uh, you know, they can grab my name off of your blog to uh, <laughs> get the right spelling. Um, so that's where all of my information is published. I look forward to anyone that wants to connect through LinkedIn and stay in touch that way. I try and make sure and publish everything also through LinkedIn. Uh, and then if people want to reach out directly, my email is Hans at HansEckman.com and I'd be happy to help out uh, wherever I can. Thank you for the time this afternoon. And, and uh, again, I can't wait for that conference. It sounds like a lot of fun chasing zombies. Can't wait to hear what that's about. <laughs> uh, it'll be good. I, I, I have never, I've had a lot of people that started very nervous about uh, coming to and very curious how it was going to be. But I haven't met anyone who didn't at least walk away with a few tips and tricks that they could absolutely apply to their professional uh, lives as well. Yeah, absolutely. These conferences are really well done. And thanks for your time today. Thank you so much. It's been an honor being here and look forward to meeting you and the rest of your uh, listeners uh, at the conference and uh, in a week. Sounds great. See you then. Thanks for joining us for this episode of the Managing Projects podcast. Find show notes and more at managingprojects.ca and follow us on Twitter at manage underscore P-R-O-J. If you enjoy the show, help us out by recommending it to a friend or leaving a review on iTunes. Talk to you next time.